Well, hello there and good morning and welcome again to Great Hills Baptist Church. My name is Danny Forshee. I serve as the pastor here at Great Hills. I'm also the president of the Danny Forshee Evangelistic Association. And we're so blessed and delighted to have you join in with us and worship with us uh, today. Today's a special day. It's Mother's Day to all those moms out there. God bless you. We love you. We have a special uh, word of prayer of blessing for you uh, in just a moment. But Come on in, uh, have your Bible there with you. First John chapter five is our text today. And uh, we are continuing in a series of messages called What's After ATX. And so first John chapter five, if you're on Facebook, go ahead and push your Facebook like, uh, share, excuse me, your share button. Let everybody know that you're worshiping the Lord on this Sunday morning. Uh, at 11 o'clock, and we're delighted that you're here. I mean, praise God. I mean, we're, we're thrilled that you are uh, in, entering and engaging in worship with us as we preach the word, as the band just led us in times of praise and worship. And so we are, we're just so blessed. These are trying times. I get that, not mitigating that or minimizing that in any way. This pandemic is for real, and it has disrupted our lives and our society, may we say it, even our world. But God is still God. He's still on the throne. Hallelujah. He's working miracles. Amazing things are happening all over this world uh, through Christ and through his gospel uh, that is being preached. A couple of really important announcements. I want to go ahead and share this with you. And so May the 17th, uh, that's one week from today, we are going to have drive-in worship service out on the parking lot, 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. So you choose, come at nine. If it's all full, just drive around for a couple hours, come back at 11 and join us. We do ask you to be patient. This is a first for us. We've never done it, but we've heard of others who have and they had wonderful experiences about it. So that's next Sunday, May 17, 9 a.m., drive-in worship service. We will have preaching of the word. We have praise and worship. We have a transmitter on the FM station so you can sit in the comfort of your car, your truck, turn us on and worship with us. Or you can actually sit out on your hood if you want to. We want to keep the social distancing, but we do want to provide this opportunity for you May 17. Let me give you another announcement. So, so important. You ready? June the 7th. June 7. Is the Sunday we're coming back into the worship center where I am right now in this sanctuary at 11 o'clock. It will be different, but we just ask for your patience, for your prayers as you come. Of course, there will be no nursery. There will be no children's worship. Uh, we will have to practice our social distancing. And so it will be different, but it's going to be clean. We're going to be ready for you. So come, come with your families. If you're a single adult, you come on. We have a place for you June the 7th, please be praying, praying that God would bless and that all the plans that we're making, uh, that God would be so gracious to us. I said earlier that it's Mother's Day. And can I just say to you again, moms, God bless you. We love you. We absolutely would not be here without you. And so we just pronounce a blessing over you. Now, I know Mother's Day is a hard day for many ladies, and I've heard it firsthand testimony. Many women choose not to go to church on Mother's Day because it reminds them that they are not able to have children or it reminds them of the hard relationship maybe they had with their mom or the estranged relationship that they have with their daughter or son. But I just want you to know, all women, females, God bless you. We are just, we're pronouncing blessings over you, whether you're a mom or not. God bless you. We love you. We're praying right now. Father, thank you 
For every woman that is listening to this message today, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would bless them, encourage them. And Lord, especially I do pray for moms. This is a special day that we honor our mothers. And so we pray that you would give them strength and encouragement and just let them know, God, you are absolutely in control and that you you love them. You have a plan for them. So bless all the moms, Lord, we pray, and all the ladies in Jesus' name, amen. Again, We would normally have a gift for you. We would, goodness, we would recognize you and pray over you. But I know you understand these are very difficult times. But thanks again, moms, for joining in with us. Now, let's get on into the message Um, today. I'm very excited about it. The text is 1 John chapter 5. And before I get to 1 John 5, I'm just going to give you a heads up. I got lots of scripture for you today. There are numerous passages of scripture. And again, uh, don't feel like you just have to jot everything down or grab everything. If you want this manuscript, we'll be happy to give it to you. And just contact our church at info at ghbc.org, info at ghbc.org. We will send you a copy of this manuscript that has all the scriptures and all the references, all the notations and citations. It's kind of like a little miniature research paper I do every week, and we'll gladly send that to you. So here we are, the last message. In the series of messages called What's After ATX, and I join in with so many, probably up to 170 pastors. Can you imagine that? 170 pastors in the Central Texas area were all leading our congregations to think about the afterlife, heaven and hell. How should we live our lives now on this earth in light of eternity? And today we're going to talk about the assurance Can I really know, as a Christian, can I really know that when I die, I am unequivocally, without any reservation, I know for certain that I'm going to heaven. That's exactly what we're going to talk about today. And so let me read these scriptures to you. All of these verses that I'm going to share with you, they speak to the assurance of salvation. For example, the most popular verse in all the Bible, John 3, 16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. Awesome. All right, let me give you another verse. And this is John 5, 24. Most assuredly, Jesus said, listen up. I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life. Are you with me? Has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but is passed from death into life. Let's look at the next one. This is in John 10, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life. In fact, why don't y'all just say that with me right there in your home, in your kitchen, in your bedroom, wherever you are? Read these words with me, just the first few words, and I give them eternal life. Yes. Who said that? Jesus said that. I give them eternal life. They shall never perish. Wow. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Look at the next one from Jesus. John 14, one says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, Jesus said, and I will receive you to myself 
that where I am, watch this, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know, the assurance of salvation. Can we know, the Bible says, if you know Christ, yes. Think about that. If you're living in fear and worry and doubt as a Christian on this earth, you should not be. Why? Because God gives us eternal life. This life is in his son and he wants us to be assured. Mm, mm. He wants us to live in confidence. He wants us to live in joy and peace knowing that when we take our last breath here on this earth, that we enter into the very presence of God. Hallelujah. Man, that's enough to make you want to shout. That's enough to make you want to say, I want to know Christ. God bless you. Mm. Thank you for listening today. What a, what a message God has given us. Let me give you one more verse before we get to our main verse. You ready? Romans 14, 8 says, For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or whether we die, read that. Read it. We are the Lord's. We are the Lord's. That's confidence. That's no ambiguity. That's no, oh, I hope so, maybe so. No, it's for confidence, assurance, absolutely, unequivocally, we know Him. And because we know Him, we have assurance of our salvation. Now's our main text. You ready? <laughs> I told you I was kind of excited about this passage. I mean, how could you not be excited about going to heaven and knowing that you're going to heaven, not fearing death, not worried about the afterlife, but having the abundant, joyful life of Christ. Wow. All right, here's our text, 1 John 5. I'll read it for you. It's verses 11 through 13. And John says, and this is the martyria. It's the Greek word martyria where we get martyr, or this is the testimony. This is the verdict. This is the final answer that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son, the Bible says, has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. Now here it is. 1 John 5, 13, are you listening? Are you ready? I'm telling you, this is gonna bless somebody. It's gonna set somebody free from worry, from doubt, fear of death. Here it comes. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know. Mm. Mm. That you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Thank God for this text. What a powerful passage of scripture. Now let's study it. This is what we do at Great Hills. We study God's word. I'm so honored and blessed to be your pastor to every Sunday get to teach the Bible to you and to when I'm not here on a Sunday to have somebody else come in and preach the word of God to you. Here's some things I want you to, to jot down from this passage of scripture. Number one, God gives us eternal life. And you see it very clearly there in verse 11. It says that God has given us uh, eternal, this, this is the testimony, he's given us eternal life. Now, he prefaces it with this word of testimony. It's almost like he's saying, here is the final irrefutable fact. Here's what, you, here's what I really need for you to grasp 
Oh, church of God, as he finishes up this epistle, he says, this is the testimony God has given us eternal life. I'm reminded of John 10, 10, when Jesus said, I've come that they may have life and they may have it in abundance. That abundant eternal life, by the way, begins at the moment of conversion. Yeah, we don't have to wait till we die to experience abundant eternal life. It can can begin right here, right now. The moment you confess your faith in Christ, that abundant eternal life comes to you and it does not leave you. It stays with you all throughout all time in all eternity. Oh, but what about when I die? Hey, hey, when you die, you go into the presence of God. That's what John is saying. This is the testimony. This is God's irrefutable fact. God goes on record and says, I give you eternal life. Man, I love the way Paul talks about it. He says, for this corruptible, talking about this physical body must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. Yes, this body will die. It will deteriorate and our souls will depart from this body, right? And we will either go to heaven or hell based on what we do with Christ. Based on our decision in this life determines where we will spend the afterlife. Can I say that again? Your decision in this life has eternal ramifications. You receive Christ, you go to heaven. You reject Christ, you go to hell. You say, well, that's, that's kind of black and white. That's kind of simple. Yes, it is. But it's truth. And it's amazing what God has prepared for us in the afterlife. And when Jesus comes again, we have these new resurrected glorified bodies and we spend eternity with him in heaven. But for me to live, Paul said, is Christ and to die is gain. So when we die and leave this mortal flesh, we enter into the very presence of God. And we remember last week, we talked about the rich man and Lazarus and how we are cognitive. We, we know, we remember this thing. It's life on steroids. It's an exponential life. When you die, you enter into the presence of God. And as a Christian, you enter into the paradise of God, the heaven of God. Hallelujah. God gives us eternal life. For those of you that don't believe that, let me, let me just ask you to pause a minute. Please rethink your position. God, it's like he's just going on record, like a big megaphone saying, but I love you. I put eternity, Ecclesiastes says, I put eternity in your heart. This desire for good, this desire for eternity, this desire for God comes from God. You look at the intricate design and detail of the cosmos, God did that. You think about the inner conscience of a man or a woman. That is God speaking to us. That is our inner moral compass, our light. The moral argument for the existence of God is irrefutable. Where did morality come from? Where did oughtness and ethics come from? I'm telling you, it could not be produced by unintelligence. Unintelligence can never produce intelligence. Well, then you just dismiss macroevolution. Absolutely. It's false because there is a God who created you. He loves you. He wants to spend eternity with you. Isn't that amazing? And he's gone on record to say, I love you. Here's eternal life. Now notice next with me in the text that this life, this life of eternity, it only comes through Jesus. Now you're like, oh, that's where I got to disagree with you. No, there are many ways to God. No, there's not. 
There's one way according to the Bible. Look at it in verses 11 and 12. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. You with me? He who does not have the son of God does not have life. That's pretty straightforward. I mean, really, even a child can understand this. Everyone on the planet is in two, one of two categories. You say, well, that is so provincial, that is so myopic, and that is so close-minded. But what if it's true? That every person born is placed in one of two categories. You either receive God and his son Christ and born again and on your way to heaven, or you reject him by your own will and your own volition, you live the kind of life that you want to live. Don't want nobody telling me what to do. I'm going to live the kind of life I want to live. And God says, you can do that. You can do that. I've given you this free will. But when you die, you must pay the price for your sins, which is an eternity in hell separated from God. Why do you want to do that? Why would anybody in their right mind want to do that? Reject the very God who loves you, who died for you, who arose from the dead and says, come, come unto me and let me save you. Let me give you abundant and eternal life. This life is in his son. Now, there's a big difference in knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus. Would you not agree? It's a big difference. The Bible says in James 2, 19, even the demons know about Jesus, know God and they tremble. You know, kind of be like me saying, going up to Michael Jordan. Have y'all seen The Last Dance? It's a pretty incredible documentary on the life of the greatest basketball player to ever live, Michael Jordan. By the way, I highly recommend the ESPN2 version. Takes out the language a lot better. But I've been watching it. I've been fascinated by it. And I think the whole nation really is. Those who are watching it going, this guy was really the best ever. What if I were to go up to Jordan and say, hey, MJ, what's up? Hey, MJ, what time are you and I getting together tonight for dinner? And I'd literally walk up to him and tell him that. He would look at me and say, and who are you? And how, how, do, I, how do I know? I don't know you. That's exactly right. Why? Because I know about Michael Jordan. I know a lot of data and statistics and facts about him, but I don't know him. And there is a vast Vast difference. By the way, a good friend of mine shared the gospel with Michael Jordan. Yes, he did. On the golf course. Been praying for him for years. Happened to meet him at the golf course. Shared the word of God with him. And said to, the, said to Michael Jordan, MJ, what will it profit you if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul? I, I, I give you this gospel tract and I'm inviting you to receive the Lord. And James Merritt was his name. James Merritt's the pastor in Georgia who did this. And in his own words, he said, Michael Jordan had tears in his eyes as he heard Pastor James Merritt with boldness and yet with compassion share with him what I'm sharing with you. If you have the son, you get it all. If you don't have the son, you get nothing at all. And this life is in his son. A commentary that I'm really enjoy. And it's, it's written by John Stott, who was an Anglican minister there in England. And he wrote these words. In fact, I recommend the whole commentary. If you can find it, it's fantastic. He said this, the alternative is clear. The alternative meaning you reject God and his son. 
The alternative is clear and uncompromising. We cannot escape its logic. Eternal life is in God's son and may be found nowhere else. It is as impossible to have life without being, without having Christ as it is to have Christ without thereby having life. This is because the son is the life and he is. God gives us eternal life. And this life can only be found in the Son, okay? According to the Bible. And I believe the Bible. Why would I not? The next thing I want to share with you is this. We can know for certain that heaven is our eternal home. And that's the third thing I want to share with you. We can know for certain that heaven is our eternal home. And this is verse 13. These things I've written unto you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know. Now, think with me for a moment about verse 13. These things, what does these things refer to? Well, this is, this is good, watch this. I'd never seen this before. I'm sure I read it somewhere in my study, but I was like, oh, oh, that's really good. These things, John would say, my gospel that I wrote to you, okay? These things would refer to his epistles that he writes to the church. And here's the thought I had. The gospel was written, the gospel of John was written in order that people would believe. The first John epistle is written for those who have believed. So you got evangelism and discipleship. Let me show this to you. It's in John chapter 20. Verse 30, the beloved apostle says, and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, in his gospel. But watch this, watch this. These are written that you may believe. He's imploring you. He's asking you, believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God. And that believing, watch this, you may have life in his name. So he's appealing to you and me to believe based on his gospel recollection, his eyewitness account, firsthand account. And now he's writing to those who have believed and he's saying, you can know with certitude, with certainty, with full assurance, with confidence that you may know, that you may in perfect tense continue to know that you have eternal life. I love the way the apostle Paul just affirms this doctrine of eternal security, meaning that once you really know Christ and are in Christ, you're on your way to heaven. Now you may slip and you may fall and I know you will and I know I do and I know we sin even as Christians and we say, God, please forgive us. But here's the thing, God has given us eternal life. And we can know without a shadow of a doubt that we possess it because it's a free gift given to us by God. Now, here's what Paul said about this. He said, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded, did you see that? I'm convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, and he goes on to say, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, watch this, shall be able to separate us. Separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. 
So really, you can't talk in terms of losing your salvation. You didn't earn it. It was given to you as a gift and you can walk with God in confidence knowing that you're on your way to heaven. Again, this is a word of assurance and a word of confidence. Oh, but what about the person who says they were a Christian and they're no longer a Christian and they they don't have any desire to serve God and they've embraced lifestyles contrary to the word of God and they don't rightly care. Or now they say they're atheists. What about those people? Listen to me carefully. Those people never met Christ. When you really meet him, he changes you. The Holy Spirit of God comes to live within a man or a woman and they cannot be separated from God. Nothing can separate us from the love of God when we are in Christ. Did y'all remember John 10? I read it just a few minutes ago. Jesus said, you are in my hand. Nobody snatches you out of my hand, not even yourself. My hand is in the Father's hand. My Father and I are one, Jesus said. You are secure. Ephesians 4.30 says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. How do you break a divine seal? Brother and sister, you don't. You can't. You're secure. Does that mean you can go live like you know, live like a demon, live like uh, any way you want to, ungodly, immoral, hoo-hoo, on my way to glory, got my, got my Jesus card, got my heaven card. That's called antinomianism. And that means you believe that the laws don't apply to you anymore because you got grace and you're on your way to heaven. You haven't met Christ. When you meet the Jesus of the New Testament, and listen carefully, he changes you. He changes your desires. No, no, I know you're not perfect. I know you still struggle and I know we all slip, but watch this, watch this. We keep walking with him. We keep serving him. We keep loving him because he lives within us. Okay, so far what we've looked at, God gives eternal life. This eternal life is in his son, only in his son. We can know for certain that we have heaven as our eternal home. And finally, let us live the way we began. You said, well, Brother Danny, you lost me on that one. I was, I was with you so far, and what in the world do you mean? Look closely at verse 13 when he says, and that you may continue to believe on the name of the Son of God. True children of God continue to trust God after they've trusted God for the very first time. That is a mark of a child of God. You live by faith. You live by trust, you believe. For it is by grace that we've been saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. Listen to the way Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We begin the Christian life in faith. Why in the world would we quit living the Christian life the way we entered the Christian life? Our faith, one writer says, reaches into the eternal, but God forbid that it deny the daily. Think about that for a moment. You had faith, God saved you, and you're on your way to heaven, and now you're like, well, now I gotta figure it all out by myself. Now I'm on, oh, no, the Lord saved me, but amen, now I just gotta work and figure, no, you don't, no, you don't. His spirit lives within you. You trust in him. You say, well, sometimes God's hard to figure out. God's mysterious. I get that, but you still trust in him. And we have faith. We live the Christian life the way we entered the Christian life. And that is by faith. Faith is attractive. Faith pleases God. 
It's attractive to a lost world. So let us, as we walk with God, let us live by faith. When you don't understand, trust him. How am I gonna make it through this pandemic? Trust God. Oh my, what, what if I get this coronavirus? What if you get it? What if you die? You go to heaven. No, I'm serious. If you're a Christian and you get this dreaded virus and you die, you go to the presence of God. Now, I'm not trying to expedite your departure. Don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm just trying to say it like this. If you know God, you don't have anything to worry about. No, really, you don't. So let's live by faith. Many of you are, and I commend you. God bless you. You know the Lord, you love the Lord. Your passion is for Christ and his word. God bless you. Some of you are struggling. Some of you are, you feel like you're going three steps forward, two steps back. And I come alongside you today to preach this message, to affirm you in your faith, to say you're not alone. God loves you. The church loves you. Trust in God. We're gonna make it through. We will. God is with us. If you don't know the Lord, then I invite you right here, right now, to do what Red did. Say, come again? Excuse me? Yeah, do what Red did. You see, Red was this big, tall, strapping, long hair, ponytail Alabamian. I can just see him in my mind's eye. In Tuscaloosa, Alabama. They tell me that there's a football team in Tuscaloosa called the University of Alabama. Okay. David Jeremiah and his wife went to Tuscaloosa, Bear Bryant Parkway. They actually, he said, they, they went to Paul W. Bryant Drive and they realized that they were in the Bryant Conference Center. He was preaching the gospel. He was having one of his meetings and he flew from California. He's in Alabama. And some of his people come up to him. They say, there's a guy out here. He's determined to see you. And he is a rough looking dude, pastor. He's got long hair and he's big red headed fella. And he, he's not going to take no for an answer. He really wants to talk to you. So what do you think? And he's like, well, let's talk to him. So he comes into the presence of, of Red. And Red said this. I tried everything to find some kind of peace. I couldn't find it. I'm telling you, pastor, this is my story. My life was spiraling downhill, just getting worse and worse. And so one day I decided I am going to take my life. He said, I got in my car. I knew that when I took this one particular turn on my way to work, if I just accelerated, go 80 miles an hour, I would run right into a tree and I would take my life. And that's what I was planning to do. Imagine this. He said, I got in my car that morning. I turned on my rock and roll just as loud as I possibly could. It was blaring. And all of a sudden, the, the radio station just started malfunctioning. He said, I got mad. He said, I used to do this all the time. And I just took my fist and slammed it down on the radio. And all of a sudden, it went boom, 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 boom. And then you came on. And I heard you preaching. And you were telling me through the radio that God loves me. God had a plan for my life. Jesus died for me. If I repent and trust in him, I'll go to heaven. He said, I stopped my car. I stopped, I pulled over on the side of the road and I trusted Christ. I received the Lord into my life. He says, and when I heard you were gonna be here in Tuscaloosa, I wanted to come, watch this, and hug your neck and tell you I am going to 
to heaven and I'm so excited about it. Praise God. I'm on my way to glory. I'm so excited about it. Praying for you today, friend. You would receive the Lord right here, right now. Don't wait any longer. So, but I doubt, I'm not sure. God doesn't want you to doubt. God wants you to know and have confident assurance. Why don't you just pray with me? You wanna give your life to the Lord? Do so right now. Say, dear God in heaven, I know that you love me. And I also know I'm a sinner. Pray that you'd forgive me, oh God, of all my sins. I trust in Christ and Christ alone. His death on the cross, his resurrection, his payment for my sin. And I yield my life to you. I give you my all, Jesus. My past, my today, and my future. I receive you as my Savior. Thank you, God, for saving my soul. Oh, friend, welcome. Welcome to the family of God. We rejoice with you. And we praise God that you've been born again. And it just, that's what it takes. It takes a prayer of faith and mean it and believe it. I hope you'll reach out to us at Great Hills, info at ghbc.org. Let us know about your decision. Let us encourage you. Let us come alongside of you and equip you and grow you in your walk with the Lord. Hey, God bless you. So good to just preach God's word to you. I look forward to seeing many of you May 17th out here in the parking lot. Woohoo! It's going to be great. Then June 7, we'll come together here and worship the Lord in the sanctuary. And God bless you now as you continue to worship the Lord.